Hey, before we start the show, blipshift.com, B-L-I-P, shift.com, has the new Spikes Car Radio shirt on sale today. Just went on sale for a limited time only. I uh, uh, asked you what color shirt uh, to pick for the shirt. It is uh, cool blue, it's called. There are some shirts that are navy, and on it is the Zagato. This um, is a drawing, a beautiful drawing of our Zagato in white with the actual yellow plate on it that has an F for Ferriston and a Z for Zuckerman. We own that car together. And this shirt uh, rocks. Uh, so you want to support Spikes Car Radio, go to blipshift.com today to our store, the Spikes Car Radio store at blipshift.com and order our new Zagato shirt. They're only 20 bucks. And it's super cool. I guarantee you're going to love it. Go check it out. Um, all right, let's start the show. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are. Boy, Monday. Monday, kicking my ass, Suckerman. How's your Monday going? Horrible. I hope it's Wednesday by now, and I hope... That you and I are uh, feeling better today than we're feeling right now. But, you know, I, I laugh when I see this 2020 stuff like this horrible year and it's never going to get better and fuck you, 2020. But it's unrelenting. It seems to just get worse and worse. Right? Am I wrong about that? Or it's, <laughs> it's I mean, to- today it's just all personal issues and. And problems, but I'm. It seems like doesn't it seem like every morning you wake up and there's just another kick in the nuts. I would agree with you. And and here's the first thing you have to remember. For, and everybody listening to this can relate to this. It's like we've had a horrible, Everyone. uncomfortable pair of glasses put on our heads, and we view everything. These are like shit-colored glasses. Those are like the ones you have on your head right exactly. now. Exactly. And so you, it's a bad disposition, and everything is going to be looked at in the worst possible light. And yes, I will tell you, here's the thing about my business, Ferriston. It's all the mistakes have already been made. They're just waiting to be discovered. Yes. So I walk in, and then I, I, I get a letter on a file, about a decision I made six or seven months ago, mm-hmm. and now I'm thinking, did I make the right decision? Did I make the w- wrong decision? What are these people talking about? I can't fucking remember. It could be a problem. It's probably not a problem, but now I've got to go find the file, but I don't have the people here to get the file. Yes, Nothing is working right. The whole system is broken, and it's just a big, fat headache. Well, I sense something more sinister happening. I sense that... Uh the psychological effects of the pandemic are starting to show right now. Yes, that's right? what I'm talking about, the perception and the weight. But, I, you know, even myself, I start to feel like I'm breaking now a little easier, getting upset a little easy. Yes, the kids went- are feeling it a little bit. And we're, you know, we're mid-game here, right? We're mid-game. Yes. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I told you that last week was a bad week. Everybody was losing their shit last week. And I got into it with one of my partners who I have in 10 years never gotten into it with him. Um, And because I I just had enough. I just had enough. It was like a cross between what was that old Michael uh, Douglas movie? Was it Falling Down? (laughs) Falling Down and Taxi Driver. I was ready to go uh, to kill. I had. That, but this morning I had a road rage incident where the person was raging at me and I was fine. And I couldn't believe that I was fine. And that made me think I'm off kilter. <laughs> that I didn't even find, find the fight to do what I had to do. Anyway, hello everybody. Spike's Car Radio here. Good show for you today with Zuckerman right now. And uh, in a little bit, I'm going to be with Donald Osborne, who's what a guy. Uh, calling in from wherever he lives to the tell us all car about. Guy. Yeah, his life. And I, you know, I've met him once or twice. I don't know much about him, so I look forward to that conversation. I know he's uh, Jay Leno's better half, um, and I believe he's part of the Audrain uh, Car Museum. Absolutely. Yes, that right? is in fact Is that true. Rhode Island? Yes, that is true. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Um, I went, you know, this is a car story kind of. I went and got uh, COVID tested a couple days ago. <laughs> you were in your car? Every time I read about it, now, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I go to the cars and coffee, and I'm staying away from everything. I'm not paranoid, but I'm being safe. 
as you know, I, I used to work in a hospital, and I understand how germs work, and I didn't back then. Stop filming me. I'm not filming you. What are you doing? Nothing. What is that? What's in my hand? Yeah. What are you aiming at? I'm aiming at you. I know. Because you're funny. All right. Uh, but anyway, don't do that. Go but ahead, because you, you're a doctor, so go ahead and explain this to me. I'm not a doctor, but I, I understand how dangerous <laughs> this is, because I learned my lesson when I was 15, right? You don't want to learn your lesson now. Why, when you, when, at, you, when you got a flatus bag installed? No, when I went, uh, I went for a day of training to deal with uh, antibacterial cleaning uh, and how to, in a hospital, and I slept through it and then laughed about it with my friends. And then two weeks later, I was in the hospital with one of the germs I didn't believe existed. So and when I was 15 and a half, by the way, so great. 40 years ago. And, but and think about this. And I was so excited to have this job. I was a janitor. My mom worked in the hospital. I'm making 15 bucks an hour to a kid that's like, you're that was rich. big money back then. You're rich. Think about that. Nothing's changed in 40 years. You were getting paid 15 bucks an hour, and that is minimum wage, I think, in this state. That was a union states. job somehow that I was able to do for the summer. So there were me and three old guys and a 15-year-old, Michael Ferris, and my name at that point was Vinny Sanchez. Anyway, Zuckerman, I learned did you have to, did you to have pay to... attention to the germs. So, you know, I'm not nuts about it, but I am careful, and I do everything so I'm supposed to did you get a brain do. scrape? Is that what they did? No, or, well... Uh, since this thing began, like I'm fascinated with how things work, the, you know, testing's available to everyone here in L.A. And every time I would go to the site, like you've been tested a lot. You said you've gone to these places. My friends have gone. I could never get in. Well, I see it on the next door. I pay the testing place at the VA is open. Go sign up. I sign up. They give me an appointment for the next day. I drive over there. There's no line. That's where I went. They, I cough. This is what they do. They say they're really paranoid, but I had just picked up the kids from camp. So the day camp where they go to the playground with a couple of their friends and social distance and we're mass and that's fine. And they say, roll the windows up. Did you do this? I did exactly cough. what you're okay, talking well, about to bring I want to say it though. Sputum. Don't interrupt me. Cough five times in case no one's done this before. You got to roll your windows up. And I'm like, but I've got kids in the car that put a mask on, cough five to ten times into your arm with your mask on and then take out the little Q-tip. And by the what? way, God bless all of these people working at this thing. Like, it was kind of hard to follow it, but, but I was wondering why the old lady in front of me was just sitting there for like 20 minutes. Like, there's no line, yet I've got the lady paying with a check at the cashier at the fucking supermarket. Swab the inside, swab your tongue, swab the back of your throat, do the whole Gotta thing. go in there deep. I was retching when I did that. I didn't go that deep. Put it in the thing. But I swabbed everywhere and I coughed really hard. They said it's going to be three to five days in 24 hours. And by the way, I think this is core. I think this is Sean Penn's deal. I thought I saw the word core. I was in and out of there except for the lady who slowed me down 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And I got my results uh, a day later. And, and what do you got? I got it. Herpes, shingles, I'm and dead. crabs. All of it. It's They said everything. And I'm pregnant. <laughs> no, I'm fine. And it's weird. I was kind of disappointed, Zuckerman. Explain that psychology. I can't. Uh, <laughs> that I can't. You know what I mean? It's like I, I should feel good that I'm doing everything right, but in some ways I feel like I'm just prolonging the inevitable. Or as my wife pointed out, she goes, you're never happy anyway. You're just not happy if you have it, you don't have it. You're just There's no safe place for you. Maybe she's right. You, you have a slight tan, Ferrison. Your, your normally peaked body is somewhat tan. I'm Did you have a nice... by the pool. Nice. But I'm I'm trying to get into shape because I've fallen into this pattern that I think a lot of yeah, folks have, which five is pounds. which is cigars. <laughs> a lot of folks aren't smoking cigars. Cigars, Bosch. I'm in Bosch season four, which I'm loving, and just eating like a pig. When uh, you know, I can keep my day together. I work out, and then at six o'clock, it's on. It's, it's on. on baby. It is on. It's on. It's the the pantry is a feeding trough. Yeah. And it's on. And it's two things that work in life right now is cars and driving and the trips to the supermarket. And I've got to I've got to eliminate number two. When I walk into the kitchen in the morning after it's been on, yes, to see the amount of crumbs and shit on the floor <laughs> in the morning, cracker crumbs, popcorn crumbs, and then we call each other to tell uh, tell each other about our toilet activities the following day. Yeah, of what happens, your body rejecting this, saying, "Get stop this yeah. and getting it out." Was it? My wife's very upset that we're having these conversations. Why? Doesn't involve her. 
We're not getting into her she business. She thinks it's really odd, and and uh, Shall I, I don't call disagree. her up. And I look, I, I it was a hell of that. a harvest yesterday. A <laughs> 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 <The> bumper crop. <laughs> Shall we talk? To, Shall I tell her about the bumper crop, the wonderful harvest, the horn of plenty? It's not even about that. It's about the spring in your step afterwards. This chance, this reset that you get to try again. And today I'm doing okay. Today I've worked out. I did a, a home spin. I lifted the weights. I've had just eggs and then a, a protein shake, and now I'm here with you. They are in shame about their Who? number two bathroom habits, women, that is. And we, are, we take a, appropriate pride in what we accomplish. I think they're pretty open about it. You're not going to, again, lure in the women with that, with that, that comment right there. Oh, they're ashamed. Oh, again, again, I've, I've, I think I've they're misstepped pretty, again. I think they're more open than most in, in buying all sorts of uh, drugstore aids to help them go to the bathroom. Is that what the problem is? So it's a lack of production. Well, I'm just saying they have no shame buying those pills, those X-laxes. Like, I, I don't think I would be able to go. I'd have to Amazon it if I needed the X-lax. Really? Yeah. What I about a fleet cinema? Huh? What about a fleet I get cinema? really nervous in the pharmacy that people are going to know what I'm up to there. And that could be even with a chocolate bar. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> just You're still like that little kid buying his first Playboy at 7-Eleven. We didn't buy them. We got them at the town dump. <laughs> don't you know zuckerman the town dump in west bridgewater was like an amusement park for the kids really? and we could ride our bikes down there and there was this big old empty like uh airstream trailer where you were supposed to put the magazines in for recycling and that's where you went you went in there you opened the door and and once a week some wife had found her husband's stash and we would bring them back to the dog house in the backyard. We had this dog house, dog run house that was long deserted. And boy, you were just happy. You were in a regular garden of Eden of porn then. Because we, <laughs> we, we, we didn't have. I only liked the Playboy. I only liked the, like the Playboys. Whenever it got no. into the weird ones, the Wheeze, I'd give those away no, to Jimmy Lennon and the other guys. I, I was a proponent of Club Magazine. Club Glove yeah. was good. I didn't like the glossy, close-up nature of it. Really? And I had never really... I don't know what's you know, wrong with you. I don't know. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I, really. I think there was just no internet back then, and you were you know, <laughs> satisfied with uh, smaller and simpler things. Pictorials. Pictorials. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sponsor time, Zuckerman! Dick Pills? No, not yet. Support for Spike. That's what they're calling it. Bikes Car Radio is brought to you this week by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments and provide you with the best tools for grooming experience. This first read, Zuckerman, whenever these these guys sign up, they send you their stuff. All right? So Manscaped, I get a box from them last week. Oh, and boy. in it is the little uh, dop kit. And in it is... One of my favorite, there are all sorts of bombs and aids and, uh, you know, ball deodorizer and ball sprays. They have this amazing little kit of nail clippers and the rest of it. The dop kit itself is something I'm going to use. But the thing I cherish most about the Manscaped is the Lawnmower 3.0. All right. Now. Now, you know that I wrote about male grooming below the belt on Seinfeld, right? I it's did not in know that. the Muffin Tops. It is in the muffin tops. Jerry shaves his chest, and he doesn't stop, and he shaves too much off, and it comes back. Really, the story was about men didn't, at this time in the 90s, talk about doing any sort of grooming. It was just not something we discussed. Well, flash forward to now 2020. Manscaped has us doing it. Not only can you do it, you can buy the tools to do it. This, Zuckerman, I will tell you, the lawnmower 3.0, the, <laughs> the biggest issue with grooming below the belt or anywhere is you get razor nicks well with the lawnmower 3.0 and i'm being completely candid with you i'm not even looking down at this ad i can't look at you it's got a plastic uh guard cut razor thing so there are no razor bites you never have to worry razor about bites. cutting your balls your underarm your chest it doesn't you know when you get a razor bite when you're getting a haircut no razor bites and zuckerman a little light so when you turn it on, you can see what the hell you're doing. I love this thing. It's worth it, folks. You need to get your Lawnmower 3.0. It comes when you get your Manscaped kit. Go to, let's see what we have the offer here. I haven't even read their ad, but just trust me. You want the Lawnmower 3.0. I love that thing. 
I used it this weekend. I love it. Now, does the 3.0 make a three-point turn around your bunghole? Do you use it there? Exactly. How does it work yes, there? Yes, they do. No, I think the 3.0 is the addition of the light. But I'm telling you, to have something, you don't have to be afraid of biting you. Like our doctor tells us, because I get guys calling me all the time who come in with their balls and their, their penis have cuts on it from trying right, to take care okay, of themselves. I understand the bite. Yes, the yes. bite is bad. That's like a zipper. It. Right. Like, now you've got a company thinking about that and doing it. Anyway, uh, get 20% off. you got to get this, guys. Trust me. 20% off plus free shipping with the code SPIKE911. You know why it's SPIKE911? Why? Because I like 911s. Oh. Spike 911. <laughs> I thought it was 911 because you zipped <laughs> no. up your it is, it is not that. It is also not 911. It is 911. Go to manscaped.com. Get yourself one of these lawnmower point three oh three point oh's. You've got to get it. Uh, use the code Spike 911. Spike 911 to get 20% off, and you'll get free shipping in addition. Spike 911 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Spike 911. Thank you, Manscaped, for joining the uh, Spikes Car Radio sponsor list. There'll be more of that first. Ducati Street Fighter V4S. Did you see this bike, Zuckerman? That I, I had? saw pictures of it. You sent me pictures of it. You sent me pictures of you driving around various places <laughs> in it, which frightened me <laughs> for you. <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way over. The the weird, you know, the weirdness of how you'll like freeform say whatever is on your mind and frequently it's filthy and your mind is in the gutter, yet you don't embrace the motorcycle because the really that that whole spirit that you embody is a motorcycle spirit, is an outlaw spirit, yet this thing you're very quite conservative, almost like my mom. It's it's it, you pointed out a contradiction. <laughs> it's a contradiction it, it, in a your contradiction personality. In my personality. Yes. And you know, I rode a lot of motorcycles, and you know, I told you a story that after I took the bar exam, and you wait three months for your results, I sent a motorcycle over to Europe in 1991, and I drove thousands of miles all over Europe. But of course, I was young, and I believed in my invincibility. And now, in my particular practice here, I see what happens to people on motorcycles, and I just can't myself bring myself to ride. And since I do somewhat slightly care about you and your health and and your and the fact that you have a wife and young children, I try I, do, to, I think of those things. I try to caution you, and I know but you my always— mom, But see, here's the problem I have. You know my mom, ER doctor. I mean, not doctor, nurse. Yes. So she would come home on any like on a Tuesday night and go, "Okay, no more go karts." I'd be like, "What?" She goes, "A kid got his scalp ripped off in a go kart uh, engine. You can't ride go karts." The next night, no mini bikes, no BB guns. Like I, I heard this a lot, and I've been thinking. And, and everything you're saying is nice. It's very sweet that you're being affectionate and you're caring about me. However. All I'm saying is there's risk in everything, right? And it's not yes. that you should never ride. It's the amount of riding you should do. Mm, it's, Be- yes, there, there is a... You can change the odds of being turned into a cripple by where you ride, how you ride, what's going on. Yes. So I don't disagree with that, but ultimately... I don't believe in, my, in invincibility. I am an overly cautious, crazy guy, yeah. but... Getting back to this Ducati. And I do do stupid things. Like this morning, I was, you know, this morning I woke <laughs> well, up in Mexico and right. I drove from Mexico <laughs> in a up hole? to my, yeah, up to, and, you know, with buried the up to your neck. And <laughs> with a guy I taking a leak at a rate you? of speed that was probably, oh, I don't know. It was, it was as close to two as yes. it was to one yes. hundred miles per hour. Yes. And was having a hell of a time. That's good. And at that speed, you could just, if there was a mistake, I would have been dead. Look, but what's I, what's less safe, this Ducati or this uh, 356 that you, you've crashed in, the Speedster would, or the Zagato? They're all the, kind of the same, I, right? I would agree with you. Right? I would agree with you. Right. Anyway, this uh, Street Fighter V4, let's talk about it. Because as you guys know, I'm not... <clears throat> my entry point for motorcycles is over. I drive a 66 Triumph Bonneville, which I've been, been riding more, actually. And the last modern bike I drove, I think, was in the 80s, <laughs> the 90s. Uh, but I love motorcycles, and I'm finding that I love them so much during this pandemic. Frequently, because I'm kind of like, I There's hope no someone traffic. does take me out. <laughs> but no, I like the air and the feeling and the freedom. Anyway, 
the uh, you know I've been talking to guys online. I've been talking to guys in the motorbikes. I finally understand this motorcycle. These are called naked motorcycles. All right, naked motorcycles. Naked. The Street Fighter V4S is like the ultimate naked bike. It's the uh, Panigale V4 stripped of the fairings with a high and wide handlebar, which makes it turn much easier, yet it's got this racing engine, 1100 cc's Desmodici Stradale, delivering a 208 horsepower. It's on my Instagram, so you can check it out. So I'm driving a V4 with 208 horsepower, more than the Zagato, Zuckerman, Do you on know two what wheels. Desmo stands for? Desmodici? No, Desmodromic. I'd say, I think it's the cylinder heads. It's something internal to the engine, Desmodromic, which gives it more power. Well, it doesn't need any more power. <laughs> I, uh, let me just go. It's got these little uh, biplane wings on the front uh, fairing, I guess. I can't remember where they're attached, but they feel really flimsy and really plastic, and that keeps the bike down. And the bike is, you know, I was asking the guys out at Bill's, the Ducati guys who were out there, about how we got to this point. And they were saying it was a back issue. Like when you get on these uh, racing bikes that you're kind of cafe style leaning forward, it, it hurts the back after a while. I kind of like it because those bikes generally have a fairing that's blowing the air over your helmet and then you can go really fast as opposed to kind of feeling like you're getting hit with the two bike really? fours at 65. You know, but it's kind of nice that you're not going so fast because these bikes go epically fast. So they change the rider position and then the air of a naked bike, the feeling of the air is something I guess more experienced riders want, right? It's it's interestingly this bike has led me to the Multistrada, which is the upright position and a fairing and some little I think they're called panniers, a little c- carrying case on the side. Panniers. 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 It's a weird name, but it's re- you know it's luggage storage <laughs> on the the saddlebags on the left and Got right. You. Panniers, I think they're called, but panniers. I don't know how they're pronounced. <laughs> anyway, this this motorcycle. First of all, I can't believe Ducati just let me drive this thing. They say, go ahead and take this. What does it cost? What does it cost? Yeah, what's the price? The 20, 25, V4 and a V4S, they're, they're up there. But it's just a weapon, right? <clears throat> like, I'm glad that I started with the Royal Enfield and then went to the Indian and then went to this and didn't lead off with this. Right, because, because it, then I, you couldn't drive anything. I had to get my sea legs back. Um, your sea legs. I did. I really did have to feel, remember Motorcycle sea legs. how to counter steer and how to lean and how to feel the edge of the tire. And I'm not taking it out on the track and I'm not pushing this bike hard, but you forget. And it, it only takes one little lapse in judgment around those turns on sunset at kind of a high speed. And you're, you know, your eye you line chill. looking at the tree instead of looking down the road and you think for a second and you're out. Um, but I fell in love with this bike, Zucker. And I want to just tell you a few more things that are in it before we get going. Another thing I'm noticing, too, like, you you fill the tank, you only get about 110 miles out of it. And there was no gas gauge on the bike. So it just tells you when you have 20 miles left, which I didn't appreciate. Small complaint. Um, and I believe the previous Street Fighter got about 150. But I like a little more, I like a little more gas and a little more, uh, you know, travel. Um, what matters? Brembo, Stylemma brakes big fat tires like i mentioned biplane wing in the front to keep it down listen to this electronics package this is a motorcycle all right six axis inertial measurement unit abs cornering evo ducati traction control evo 2 ducati slide control dsc ducati wheelie control dwc evd Ducati Power Launch, Ducati Quick Shift Up and Down, DQS Evo 2 Engine Brake Control Evo. Packed. All right. Now, if I had the, this was my bike, this would be fun to kind of learn, but I couldn't, I had no idea what any of that stuff was. When doing. you drive this bike, you, I think you went to Cars and Coffee with this I'll thing. get to that, I'll get to okay. that, right? I kept it in, it's got three uh, riding modes race, sport, and street. I pretty much <laughs> stayed in street. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't put it in anything higher because I like to cruise and I'm just not there yet. Um, suspension, the whole thing. This bike, here's what happened, all right? I got on the bike, and like a lot of Ducatis, you know how they sound a little jangly and a little rough? This bike, when it warms up, smooths out. So when I got, by the time I got it down Sunset to the PCH and took that first launch off in Trotta, 
down towards Temescal. Right. That's that's where the thing suddenly woke up, smoothed out, and took off. It is a monster, but it's awakened a love of a brand in me, Zuckerman. Like, by the time I was done with that ride, met out with the Ducati guys out there, this guy who used to race Ducatis too, was teaching me about the bike and how it got to this point, and got home. I was Googling these bikes. I don't know yet if this is what I would like to buy, or if I want to go more race or go to Multistrada, more, as I call it, Swiss mailman. Right. <laughs> but with the banales. This, this bike really showed, you know, it, 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 opened, it awakened me to this love of this brand. And this particular bike where I, I feel like, and again, not knowing enough about these bikes, but I feel like it's, it's a moment bike for them. It, it had a smoothness to it that I hadn't felt or heard in a Ducati um, but maybe I'm just coming late, late to the game. I, I don't know. But do you, um, do you think when you're on a Ducati, do you feel like you're top of the food <clears> chain in motorcycles? Yeah, you do. You do. No it's, excuses, bike. You're, you're. I feel like I'm the on the Ferrari of motorcycles. Right. Right. It's that sort of exotic experience. Right. And do you get the respect of other bike riders? Um, that I don't know enough about what other bike riders uh, respect. Nor do I care really. But Did you I, have I, to do the thing that you hate on the PCH, which was to give like the piece or the thumbs up to the other bike riders? I did not do that. But I didn't. Interestingly enough, I didn't get many of those. They knew. I got a couple. Yeah. They knew so you were there's a, a little. Maybe there's a little brand thing happening and maybe not. What I what here's what really appeals to me about these bikes is the speed with which I arrived at Bill's. Like, I immediately was lane-splitting at speed, and, uh, you know, <laughs> right, I, was, here we go. I was troning it. I was having, I was having fun. A tron. A tron. <laughs> okay, there's another ancient <laughs> reference. But everybody listening knows what I mean. It's scenery control. It's effortless. The way this bike leans and turns, the accuracy of the feel of it. You know, I was coming back through um, near where I live. There's a series of rotaries or roundabouts, whatever you want to call them, where you kind of lean in left and right, it felt like the bike was doing it on its own. Like I wasn't having to really put much effort. It was oh, just... Oh, that stability control. Yeah, it felt good. It felt really good, Zuckerman. Captain Ferriston like, on his gyroscope. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know, at my age, it's an epically bad idea to buy a Ducati. As his potato chip body <laughs> flings through the air. Yes, and, you know, some uh, a friend of ours reached out on uh, Instagram was like, hey, you know, I have a friend who can write. Why don't we go to the track and yeah. he'll show you how to get around the yeah. track fast. No, and thanks. <clears throat> no, I want to do it. <laughs> but I don't think it's like you said, I don't think it's a good idea to start racing right now on a motorcycle. But, you know, it's reminding me how much I love bikes. You know, my bike thing was before my car thing. It was. It's always been that way. And I love bikes, too. And you know I own quite a few. I just don't ride them. <clears throat> well, anyway, I, I love this bike. You know, I'm sorry that it's not a more in-depth review. There are plenty of people doing that. I hear they're not making a lot of them. I thought uh, my friend Vic, who I saw at the Cars and Coffee on Sunday, said they were only going to make about 100 for the U.S. Really? I thought. I don't, I don't know. But... Um, it would make sense. I mean, it's such a special bike. I think Ducati's king of the hill. I think that they yeah. really mastered the performance and style of these motorcycles. Well, this thing, if you go to their YouTube video and watch what the hell the damn thing can do. I watched the YouTube video that Ducati put out of it first just to see what I had in the garage. And this guy is leaning down into a turn. He hits the throttle and it just jumps up on the rear wheel. He's got the front wheel turned. So he's doing a wheelie through a turn, and you're like, that's what this is. Uh, you know what you feel like? You feel like, like I immediately understood why Tom Cruise loved this, loves this brand. Like this is why he, the, the action hero rides this bike, because it can do anything, and it feels very controllable. It's beyond my talent to control it in that way, but it, I, I get it. I understand what this thing is. Maybe one day they'll have self-driving motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> you just strap yourself on and you say, okay, do this for me. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But thank you, Ducati, for sending that over. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the one that's going to really light me up is that Multistrada. I think that's the bike for Multistrada. me. Multistrada. Right. 
Did but we, but look, I got on the Triumph this weekend. I went up into the hills oh, at sunset and rode around. And, uh, look at you. It was magical. It makes me feel good. Um, we have to say a few words here about Blue Chew. Do you know what Blue Chew is, Zuckerman? <laughs> this whole episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex. Great. Sex. Then it says, host, if relevant and you feel comfortable, please talk about your sex life and sex drive lately. Oh, I'm throwing up. I'm throwing up because you're across from me in your little shorts. And a, uh, please don't pop a boner in the same room with me. That's why I would talk about it. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you, here it is. The real deal. The first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's a chewable boner pill, Zuckerman. Did you ever feel like, did you real, Did you ever think we would get here as a society that the chewable boner pill would be with us? Get rid of your phony baloney and get the real deal. <laughs> Can with you these blow bubbles chewable? with it? <laughs> Why is your, I guess there's nothing about the gum that would be different. Well, I did say it's gum. It's just chewable, right? I guess you metabolize it quicker if it's a chew. They want us to sign up and get this stuff. Send us a bucket and I'll <laughs> hand them out. A bucket? Send us I think a it's bucket. medicine. I don't think you can just be sent the medicine. But they have oh, well. people. Yeah, here it is. Blue Chew is made in the USA. All right. Not like China, so you don't have to worry about that. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor, wait in line. That makes it easy. Oh, that sounds legit. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package no they awkwardness it. what's that <laughs> they prepare it i can just see there's a man in a white smock making you don't it. even need to leave the house well you may need to leave the house to use it um <laughs> blue chews if you could benefit from more confidence where it counts blue chew is the fastest and easiest way to enhance your performance and right now this is good guys you want to know how do you support the podcast here's how you do it you follow these special deals. Go to BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew-C-H-E-W.com, and get your first shipment free when you use our special code. What is it, Zuckerman? Blue Chew. No, Spike 911. <laughs> Me and my favorite car. Um, and you can use Spike 911 to try it free. Wow, there you go. Well, we can use that code. Do you think... Do you think the Blue Man Group uses Blue Chews? <laughs> that could be a good tie-in. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank better, them for sponsoring cheaper, the podcast. And remember, when better, you support cheaper, sponsors, faster. you help make this podcast possible. So send us your boner pictures after you chew <laughs> Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com um, and use promo code SPIKE911. All right. Sponsors are back, everybody. Thank you, you know Blue they, Chew. You should have little pellets you just shove in with. The tip, <laughs> in the t- in the tip, like a a, a a penis hole suppository. Yes. With, uh, How comfortable would that be? I wonder when you chew the blue chew. When do you suppose? Like, I've never used anything like that. But what, at what point in the date? You, both of us are married men. At what point in the date do your friends who aren't married do this? Or maybe married men need this at this point, right? And wouldn't worry, but. At this point, for me, I would just chew some just to feel life down there, <laughs> just for my own edification and satisfaction. I chew a handful and uh, and just to know that I that I was alive, just to know you're alive, huh? that I was not no longer inert. <laughs> Blue chew. They said we could say whatever we want, so we're obviously saying it. Um, here comes your lunch. Hey, so that's a good time. To bring on Donald Osborne. We love Donald Osborne. He is the best. He knows cars. He's in Rhode Island. He's one of the top guys in the car field. He works with Jay Leno. He's on Jay Leno's Garage. Uh, All around good guy. Here is my interview with Donald Osborne. We've got Donald Osborne, automotive consultant, historian, accredited senior appraiser, member of the American Society of uh, Appraisers. Look at you. Um, also, Jay Leno's better half, and most recently, the CEO of the Audrain Automobile Museum. Donald, how are you? Good to see you. I'm excellent. Thank you very much, Spike. It's great to see you too. I've got to. I've got this weird little thing. Oh, there we go. Now I've got you without any. Of the, hey, there you're. Um, where, where are you? you? You're in Rhode Island this morning. 
That's correct. Newport, Rhode Island. Wow. It's my new home. I relocated from Southern California to back to the East Coast. Wow. And so this is for uh, Audrain, right? Is it, you're, you correct. were just hired in November of 2019. Boy, that's a pretty big change going from, was it Los Angeles or where were you out here? Well, uh, near Palm Springs. I was in Rancho Mirage. Um, but actually, it's going back to the future, as it were, because I'm an Easterner. I was born in New York City, grew up in New York City, lived my entire life there, went to college in Connecticut, and then went back to New York and lived in New York, Connecticut, Eastern Pennsylvania, until 11 years ago when I moved to California. And uh, there for 11 years, experiencing the left coast life, and now back to seasons and summer humidity, <laughs> but nonetheless seasons. <laughs> and how is that for you? <laughs> It's actually fantastic. There are two things that were very strange. When uh, I moved to California, uh, I moved to the desert and almost immediately my blood thinned and I would get cold if I went into LA. I would have to carry a sweater around with me to go to the movies and it was absolutely extraordinary. And whenever I, I traveled a great deal, I still travel a bit, but I traveled a great deal and whenever I would travel, I would feel cold quite intently. Mm -hmm. um, however, Coming back here, perhaps because also we had a very mild winter, but coming back here, I've had no trouble readjusting to um, the cold. And it's very funny that obviously it doesn't get nearly as warm here, especially in Newport on the ocean, as it did in the desert in California. Um, even the humidity is not bothering me. It's sort of shocking. People ask me, gosh, you know, don't you want to take that tie-in blazer off? I said, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> What's the now? I, you, I grew up. Uh, I was born in Fall River, Massachusetts, so I'm uh, an right East Coaster. And that, yeah, right over there. Um, what's the COVID situation there like in Rhode um, Island actually, right now? Rhode Island is is a is, is a bit of an island, pun intended. Um, of of good news, the rate here I think is somewhere around four percent, and I believe as of two weeks ago, Rhode Island, in addition to having the distinction of being the smallest state in the union. Um, also had the highest percentage of total tested population. Oh, wow. And uh, so the um, the governor here uh, is, as I think, been following a pretty well-measured path and watching the numbers every day. The number tested is obviously going steadily up. The number of positive cases has also been rising. However, the delta between the number of people tested and who are negative and the number of people who are tested and are positive keeps widening. So it's a good situation here. So does, so when it comes to cars, are you, you know, and can you go to restaurants? Are you having car events? Are there cars and coffee? Or is it as locked down there as it is here? Well, um, it's funny. Restaurants are open, indoors and outdoors, obviously with spacing. I think the restaurants, don't quote me on the statistic, um, but I believe the restaurants are operating at somewhere around 50% of capacity, so every other table sort of. Um, and as for car events, uh, we here at the Audrain host normally about 12 Cars and Coffee events during the year at various sites around Newport. Um, right. We had our very first Cars and Coffee of the season um, a week ago, Sunday. And uh, due to state regulations, it's limited to 250 people total. So we, uh -huh. we did by pre-registration, so 100 cars, um, plus leaving some room for spectators. We're having our second Cars and Coffee uh, this coming Sunday. And it's under the same rules. Wow. Wow. Well, we've been doing our outlaw cars and coffee here at the Malibu Country Mart. Um, it's an unlimited amount of people. Anybody can show up. We encourage our, the our, mask our... wearing and drive whatever you want. Uh, no need to register. <laughs> You're far more organized than we are. Well, what you know, you... again, be, being an Easterner, you know that, you know. Yeah. The East Coast, New England especially, is all about regimentation. Yes, it is. And, it's about um, rules. It's about exactly. rules. And those and, uh, uh, the registry uh, of motor vehicle police that that had military uniforms early on. Well, it, it, the hell out of us. It, it's a very, very funny thing. Um, I mean, because as you can imagine, as you've seen there, I saw photos from your cars and coffee um, that our mutual friend uh, Garth Hammers sent me. Oh, and yeah. I said, well, gee, that looks like a lot of fun there, Garth. Um, and um, it's an interesting point that 
Uh, our first uh, Cars and Coffee was held at the uh, Newport Polo Grounds in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire, uh, Portsmouth, Rhode Island. And um, we had a terrific crowd. Of course, as I said, we opened it to registration only, and it filled up in an hour. We wow. just opened registration this morning for the Cars and Coffee. It filled up in 18 minutes. Wow. Um, people are really desperate to get together again. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the one of the things that we can all do during this pandemic and quarantine that that's okay. You roll the windows down, you're generally in a car by yourself and things feel normal for a little while. Isn't this the isn't it an interesting pattern with these cars and coffee and I can see it happening out here in Malibu too. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Then there's generally a guy in a Mustang that crashes into a telephone pole. <laughs> and then the police shut him down. Now, why, now, why are you picking on the poor Mustang driver? <laughs> because go. they're there the ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a very interesting thing. And, and in a very funny way, there are a lot of, I think, positive things that have come out of the pandemic and will come out on the other side of this, whatever it looks like. Um, because people have been forced, I think, to think about what we do and how we do it. And the fact that we were able to take a step back in our cars and coffee, I mean, our biggest cars and coffee event last year drew 450 cars. And that's a tremendous thing. Um, but it is also, people I think will appreciate getting together a little more. There are a lot of people that thought, oh, well, you know, this whole pandemic thing and, and quarantine and isolation is going to drive us all to just being forced into our cell phones and watching endless uh, loops of whatever we could on, on streaming TV. But as people did that, they thought, oh, I'm dying to get out and drive my car. I'm dying to see my friend, my neighbors. And so this really proved it. And one thing that happened at Cars and Coffee, can only happen at Cars and Coffee, um, it's the mix of people, as you said, you know, the Mustang guys, notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> I, took a, I, took, I took a photo at, um, at the Cars and Coffee, which for me sort of epitomized the entire idea of it. Is an absolutely beautiful British racing green over biscuit series one and a half E type roadster, and behind it was an orange Unimog. <laughs> exactly. Only a cars and coffee, you know? <laughs> That's the flash mob. At we're having that same thing happen out where we are. We never know what's going to show up, and that's that's what's really fun about it. And you're right. There's this there's this new appreciation for something we all took for granted. Um, and it, in some ways, you know, it, at least my enjoyment of cars is, uh, is better than it's ever been. Um, I'm just curious. I, I'm, I guess, the last to know about Audrain's uh, Newport uh, uh, Aut Automobile Museum. Can you just give us the top line of what this organization is and how it works? Okay. Uh, the Audrain Automobile Museum, and I'll put this into a larger context, is I'm actually the CEO of Audrain, which comprises the museum, the Concord Motor Week, which we premiered last year in October, as well as a new venture that we're starting, Audrain Motorsport. Um, we'll talk about that a bit later. But the Audrain Automobile Museum was founded by three partners back in 2014 in an amazing historic building here on Bellevue Avenue, where all the mansions are in uh, Newport. Uh, it was a building built in uh, 1903 uh, by an architect named Bruce Price, uh, for a fellow named Adolphe Audrain. It was a speculative building uh, with uh, retail on the ground floor and offices on the second floor. And it was the home of the first branch store, Brooks Brothers, outside of New York. And it's wow. a spectacular, beautiful Italian Renaissance style building with wonderful glazed terracotta uh, arches and uh, magnificent details. And um, the building was uh, completely renovated and restored, won a number of architectural awards for uh, restoration and uh, repurposing. And the museum opened in uh, 2015 and has done since, uh, we're now on the 18th show. Um, I became associated with the museum um, through uh, my friend Jay, uh, who introduced me to one of the founding partners and I came up um, and appraised the collections. And then I began to consult with them about the acquisition and the acquisition of cars, and they asked me to come on board to be a consultant for the creation of the uh, Concours and Motor Week. Um, and then I didn't realize it at the time, but I came up and I was here in Newport working for three weeks before the, uh, the event last year. 
And it turned out to be my job interview. And the day before the conference, <laughs> they offered me a job. They said, would you like to come in and, and be CEO and take us uh, to the next level? And I said, well, sure, why not? I'll leave my school uh, in Mountain View in, in Southern California and come back to the snow. I have to do that, yeah. Yeah, um, wow, what an interesting job. Um, and it's are you just, are you by yourself? Did you bring your family back? I brought my family back. My spouse, Frank, uh, is with me, and he's also an, an Easterner. So, uh, so he was fine with a it. Native, native of Connecticut, so um, we're, we're back home. So that's a good thing. And uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing because I've done, I'm not quite sure how much you know about my bizarre life, um, but I've done five completely different things in my life. <laughs> I was an art major in high school. Uh -huh. um, and of course, I loved cars as a kid, so I wanted to become a, a car designer. So I applied to and was accepted to Pratt Institute for Industrial Design. But instead, I went to college for music. And I was an opera major at the Hart College of Music. <laughs> and um, graduated from there, and then so I could have some work um, while I was building my operatic career. Went to work for Macy's and went through the executive training program at Macy's, and worked at Macy's um, as a department manager while still singing in the extra course of the Metropolitan Opera, which I had started at <laughs> 17 years old. Um, quit Macy's to pursue my singing career. Worked in a variety of other businesses. Um, in New York uh, while I was pursuing my singing career. My, my solo met debut when I was 29 years old. And then after two years of, of that, I decided I loved singing and hated the business of music and left and went back into retailing. And wow. uh, through all this sort of fooling around with cars and writing about cars, I contributed my first piece to Sports Car Market Magazine in 1993 and uh, became an auction correspondent for them while pursuing my other businesses, working in marketing communications, corporate image and branding, um, and then to, to shorten the story, in 2004, uh, a very good friend of mine who was also a writer at Sports Car Market at the time, Dave Kinney, uh, suggested to me that I might want to uh, consider a career as an appraiser. And I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. I can tie all this together. And so I started mm -hmm. my company, Automotive Evaluation Services, back in 2004. And it somehow led me here. Wow. And so is, is there that much money in auto valuation? Um, yeah. Because I, you know, whenever someone's... My bow ties are free. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to think like the times, and I get this question a lot when people are, reach out to me on social media. It's like, how do I get an evaluation for a car? Uh, my insurance company needs to know, but I need someone to make a judgment on it. That's the job that you, you occupy, right? You contact Automotive Valuation Services, automotivevaluationservices.com. Um <laughs> And um, yeah, uh, the work that, that the office does, I work with two associates there. Um, uh, the office, actually, by the way, is in Palm Springs right. uh, still. Um, the work that uh, we do is to value cars for insurance uh, coverage, also for um, estate valuation, um, marriage dissolution, um, charitable donations, um, also valuing for um, marketable cash value, thinking of selling your car. Right, and we also do um, market um, analyses if you're thinking of buying a car to see where the particular car you're looking at fits into the marketplace in terms of value. So you really have your pulse on the market right now. Absolutely, I mean you have to as an appraiser. You know, it's your job to be conversant with all of the markets as they exist, because of course, as you know, there are many markets for cars. Um, right. There's the private sale market. There's the auction market. Uh, there are brokers. Um, and you have to consider also uh, geographical concerns. There are cars that are frankly more valuable, more interesting to people in certain parts of the United States, or certain parts of the world. Then there are international cars that sort of trade for the same money, you know, taking a currency exchange into account all over the world. So if you were going to uh, help a listener kind of value their classic car, and let's say it's a production car, right? Maybe semi-rare, but <laughs> there are thousands of examples. Like what, what direction would you point them in if they wanted to kind of form their own opinion? Like wh what resources would they use? Well, first of all, of course, no one is allowed to form their own opinion because my opinion is the only one that matters. <laughs> if you insist on, on, on going on, on, on your own, um, just kidding, of course. Um, I think that there are a number, one of the things that's great about the world today and um, the amazing amount of data that's out there is the fact that there's lots of, of information available for, for you if you want to have an idea of what your car is worth. Um, there, are, there are databases like Sports Car Market 
has a wonderful uh, valuation database. Haggerty has a wonderful valuation database. Mm-hmm. Um, NADA has a wonderful valuation database. Um, and you can also uh, look at the websites of the auction companies. You can look at the um, apps such as Hammer Price. Um, they can all give you an idea of what cars have sold for. The caution is this, and the reason why you can read WebMD and diagnose yourself, or you can go to a doctor, because you get an idea of what might, what might be the case, but you're not going to know for sure, because especially in this market, this thing that, that, that I and, and my colleagues have seen for the last almost a decade now, the market is becoming more and more and more specific. I mean, you see it on your site, quite frankly, you know, just because it's a 1988 BMW, all 1988 BMW M3s don't get the same value. Right. Depends on who's owned the car, what the mileage is, what service records exist. So just because one sells for a record price doesn't mean that your beater that's had 16 unknown owners and never had the oil changed is going to be worth what that was. <laughs> so well, I was going to say, really pay attention to. That's Haggerty. They have condition one, two, three, and four. And I don't think there's been a, a person on that site has, that's not had a one. <laughs> they all Correct. have condition one cars. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it's a very, very funny thing, too. For I remember years ago going to see a Lancia Beta Scorpion for sale in the Valley in L.A. in Van Nuys. And I was really excited because I always liked those cars. I ended up owning them, not this one. And it was a great color. I really love this wonderful, bright metallic green. So cool. And so I get out there and see the car. And the guys describe the car as very original and great survivor. And I get out there. The thing is a total wreck. It's been <laughs> sun-baked. The interior has been reupholstered in God knows what, in 16 different colors and materials. And the top is ripped. And I'm saying, gosh, you know, this car needs more work than I really want to get into. Like, what are you talking about? This is preservation. This is like Pebble Beach. I said, ah. no, no, no. These are the rocks on the beach. There's no pebble here. It was, it was frightening. So you know, give some. This is a manatee. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what I like about it. Is everybody thinks their car is great, and that's why your service is important because the insurance company wants to hear from you. They don't want to hear what you self googled about your vehicle. I always. You know, if I'm trying to buy, I always go to eBay Motors to kind of see where the market is at. But I'm always looking at the comps of sold cars. And then if I'll, you know, if I see something on Canopus site or I see something on somebody's site, I know I'll call someone up there and go, what did it actually sell for? What's the real number? And that's how I kind of get a sense of the market. Um, But when I'm insuring a car, I have to go to people like you. I have to (laughs) get somebody who's not me. That's right. Not optimistic. Um, Well, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with being optimistic. The flip side of this is the fact that there are those people, and you who are listening know who you are, who have cars which are extremely valuable, but they've owned for a very long time. Yes. They didn't pay a lot of money for them, and they will chronically underinsure them because I'm not going to pay $800. To, to, to insure my right. $15 million car? Exactly. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Well, you, you you also get into situations where you have, you know, a small number of builds. You might have three to three to nine cars. And how do you arrive at any sort of comp on that when a car hasn't been sold in 10 years, right? That's really where it gets confusing. And that is, frankly, the challenge and, and, and fun in being an appraiser. Because quite often, I have appraised one-of-a-kind cars. Um, right. And how say, do you okay, do that? Well, what, how do you approach that? For a car that there's only one of. And the appraiser's rule is to use something called the principle of substitution. If you didn't have, let's just say, Steve McQueen's XKSS, what would you have? And so it would be a comparable, important car with performance that had been owned by someone who is a known car person and an international celebrity. Therefore, you can go to a Ferrari, you can go to a Bugatti, you can find things that match the type of vehicle that you have. I've had all sorts of um, appraisal jobs for cars that I've never heard of before I received the call or the email to appraise them. And I thought, okay, this will be interesting because I probably will not make enough money on this job with the number of hours that I can estimate to 
do it, but I will learn something and it improves my knowledge and, and my connoisseurship. So it's certainly worth doing. What do you think the McQueen XKSS is worth? <laughs> um, actually, I can't say because I've actually praised that car. <laughs> oh, you have. <laughs> is it north of 30 million? <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I say a lot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No wonder they won't let me drive it. They promise yes. all the time, but they won't let me drive it. Um, they, 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 they are very, very, and rightfully so. They're very protective of the car. Although I have yeah. to say this about the Peterson. Um, the Peterson has been always a great partner of mine. I love all the folks there. Um, they've always been very helpful when I've asked to borrow cars for segments on uh, Leno's Garage. And in fact, we're opening here at the Eldrain a new exhibition um, in a couple of weeks called From the Racetrack to the Opera. Marks that did it all. And uh, for that exhibition, we've got a lot of terrific cars that we've um, borrowed from a number of great uh, lenders, including the Peterson. The Peterson is sending their uh, 57 Chevy um, 150 Black Widow NASCAR racer. We're pairing that with an absolutely beautiful, uh, actually Connecticut local um, 57 Chevy Bel Air convertible. Uh, the idea is racing cars and touring and luxury cars from the same brand. So we'll have the, um, in the Audrain collection, there's a spectacular um, 1927, 1928 rather, um, Duesenberg Model J Murphy town car that was originally ordered by Nanalee uh, Duke, Doris Duke's mother. And we're pairing that with the Fred Frame Duesenberg Indy Racer from the uh, Revs collection, from the Miles Collier collection. Um, we've got um, in the collection here a 1951 uh, Delahaye 135 Chaperon Cabriolet, and the uh, Peter and Merle Mullen are sending the amazing 1936 Delahaye 135 Grand Prix car that won at Le Mans in that year. Mm -hmm. um, and so things like that. So it's going to be a terrific exhibition. Um, <clears> and when, we really depend on a lot of great partners. And, and, you know, when you think about your Concours, I know it just started last year, but you guys are really aiming to be the Pebble Beach of the East Coast, right? Uh, that's kind of the idea, or... Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm not just being politic about this, but the event really can't be compared to any other event because one of the reasons why I became involved here, when I was first asked about it, I thought, oh, God, does the world need another Concord d'Elegance? I don't think so. Um, but then I spent some time here in Newport, and it was the city itself that convinced me to become a part of it because Newport is an extraordinary place. Um, I don't know when the last time you were here, uh, was, but you have to get back here. Um, I had not been, before I came up and started, um, when I did the appraisal four years ago, I had not been to Newport since uh, I was in school. It had to be at least 25 years since I was last in Newport. And I remember coming here and sort of seeing the mansions on Bellevue Avenue and sort of avoiding whatever happened down by the marina because it's all sort of touristy and, and horrifying. And there was sort of nothing in between. But Newport's an amazing city, you know, founded in, in the 17th century, one of the oldest cities in North America, and with a great 18th, 19th, and 20th century history. And Newport, to me, stands for history, luxury, and sport. And that became the guiding principle for the Concord and Motor Week. How do we celebrate that in all forms? And you know, you've got the great houses, you've got uh, uh, amazing cars around here. And we also had collectors from all over the country send cars. And, you know, when you when you do a concours that's on the lawn at the Breakers, and when you have the International Tennis Hall of Fame, the Kim Mead and White building as your concours village, mm -hmm. it, it, it just lifts it to another level. And also, I, I, I want to, probably the event that to me comes closest, and it's totally different again, is the uh, Concorso de Leganza Villa d'Este. Yeah, I was say. It's a two-day event, and the first day on Saturday, is invitation only, very, very small, at the hotel itself. The next day on Sunday is a public event with a 10-euro ticket with tens of thousands of people in a big park right down the road. So this is both wonderfully exclusive and, and intimate, but also extremely accessible. And I think that that combination is really something that's, that, that's quite special and something that we, really, we really want to build on. And, what and you do it in June? October. October, so okay. We're not having it this October. We've postponed uh, until next year because mm -hmm. obviously it's not the uh, – we can't have – we can't do the event the way we want to do it, obviously. Right, um, right. Last year, of the four days of the event, we had uh, 90,000 people come through the city. 
And so um, it was quite an extraordinary event. Yeah. And so we want to do it in that way again. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up around there. There was nothing like that when I was growing up. We just had this crappy uh, exotic car dealer uh, that eventually got shut down by the FBI. But <laughs> you would drive by and look at the cool cars, and then you walked them, uh, get, watched them get perp walked into the van shortly after, and then they never came back. So you know, my my most exotic cars were just you know American cars, Grand Torinos, Torino five hundred stuff like that. Nothing wrong with a good Grand Torino. I can't even imagine that this would be you know close by to go to on a weekend. Uh, even though my dad isn't the type of guy you'd probably want at an event like that. Uh, smoking well, Winston. He comes to the museum. <laughs> What's that? The museum. He's welcome. He, smoking Winston he's lights. Welcome to the museum. Yeah, yeah. Tell, uh, tell him let me know when he's coming. <laughs> I'll be glad to welcome him. Um, <clears throat> before I let you go, let's just talk about the car market right now. This this pandemic coronavirus car market is so interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. that because you know, and again, you're the expert here. I want to hear your opinion. But my sense is. Things things are selling that it's vibrant. Am I wrong about that? You are absolutely not wrong, Spike. In fact, just as we were talking about the cars and coffee phenomenon, there is a hunger for people to connect with those things that give them joy. And there are lots of people that I know, lots of friends, lots of clients um, who are eager to to buy. Um, obviously, this has affected a number of people economically in in a very very bad way. Um, but the reality is that. Many businesses, most businesses are still doing some level of business. And there are people who are saying to themselves, what am I waiting for? The world could change overnight. If I have the money and it's not going to keep me from paying my mortgage or feeding my, myself and my family, why not go out and buy that car that I've always wanted? Right. Yeah. Who am I saving it for? And you for know, when? And for when? And I've, you know, my wife and I have been talking about this the last few weeks. It's just about these people we know who aren't with us anymore. And these little moments they had a week or two before they died. Um, You know, one was a very good friend of ours who threw this big birthday party for herself. And and I remember thinking at the time, why, why, why do this at your age? It seems pointless. <laughs> and now she's not with us. Not, you know, it, months later, she's gone. And now I think about that moment and I really admire that she made that choice. And I, it, you know, I totally agree. I, I, I see guys out driving cars that were garage queens finally getting it that like, who am I saving this for? This is I should live for this day and enjoy my car. What, what should we buy, Donald? <laughs> if we want to, if we want to make money, where are we looking? What are we looking at? Ah, right? I'm so glad you said that because it's the question that I used to dread, but I no longer dread it because okay. I have the answer I always give, which is buy what you love. There you go. If you have a car or an idea of a car that will do everything for you that you want it to do, take you to the events you want to do, give you the driving experience you want to have, allow you to share time with friends and family in a way that you can only do with this car. The car will always satisfy you. If tomorrow someone's only willing to pay you half of what you paid for the car, it doesn't matter. The Mm -hmm. car hasn't changed. The experiences that you're going to have with the car haven't changed. And I also liken it to the dream vacation. You spend $20,000 on the vacation. When you get back home, do you expect the vacation to pay you back? It's the memories. (laughs) That's what you bought. That's what you're buying with the car. The memories you haven't made yet. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. And I ask it because that's the question I get all the time, and I want you to tell them the same thing. <laughs> tell them exactly the same thing. You know, if you make money on a car, I've made money on cars in the past. I've lost money on cars in the past. I doesn't don't matter. care. I'm not a car dealer. So it doesn't right. matter. Yes. I've had the experience where I've had cars. Uh, I Primarily, it was my Dino, where I remember paying a lot for it because it was a low-mileage uh, preservation original it went up in value, and then it started to crash in value. And the more it crashed, the more I loved it. Because uh, now I don't have to worry about it. This could go to zero, and I could just drive it. And I'd leave it in front of Starbucks. They'd just leave it around Hollywood. It was great. And it would start to get more valuable again. And then I was driving it less. So I was like, oh, God, I don't want to ruin this. And so, but, but, but that's where I learned that it was about the driving and the car itself and not about the money there. You're right. There's no joy in a little bit of profit there or a little less. They're losing a little money. It's, it's, it's the, it's when you put your son in passenger uh, seat for the first time and he's, he's 11 years old and he's freaking out and you go for a ride in Malibu up in the canyons and you know that you remember that. 
That's what I remember from these drugs. Exactly. I'm so excited that you're part of this Audrain Automobile Museum. I can see this empire like uh, like being born right right before our eyes. And I'll be honest Absolutely. with you. Watch, watch this space. Yeah, and uh, everyone, everyone is listening. You should also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We post two YouTube videos a week, uh, Audrain Auto Museum. And uh, we show off the collections and preview our exhibitions and just have a lot of fun with cars. Yeah, and now you've got the Concorde Elegance. This is exciting. This is the birth yeah. of something. I'm, exactly. uh, I'm happy for you, Donald. And uh, hopefully I'll see you again soon somewhere. When we're Indeed, Concorde. yeah. Unfortunately, we won't see each other at Pebble Beach this year, but... Yeah, we won't. Do you smoke cigars? I'm not supposed to. <laughs> well, maybe we'll not supposed to smoke a cigar together when we're all back together and hopefully absolutely uh, and when you're doing this uh Audrain automobile museum um uh, i'm gonna come by i want to come see this please do yeah it's gonna be great anyway very nice chatting with you nice chat with you too spike be well awesome. thank you thanks for listening to spikes car radio brought to you by hangar 56 listen to new episodes every wednesday and be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.